Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show trades. The trade market is starting to heat up a little bit. We're hearing some rumblings. Obviously, we're still a little ways away from the trade deadline, but we got a little juicy tidbit about an individual named Kyrie Irving that we need to break down. Keith Smith joining me. Find him at Keith Smith NBA over on Twitter. Keith, how are you doing? And uh, could Kyrie Irving actually be leaving the Nets? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're going to get into it. There's it's it's interesting the way the report came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ian Begley, who works for SNY, uh, I believe that's Sportsnet New York, um, he is reporting. Ian has been covering the New York teams for years yeah. and uh, is really pretty close to them. His reporting is that the Nets are not making calls on trading Kyrie Irving, but they are taking calls on trading Kyrie Irving. So that is a little different, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also very different from just saying, where they're shutting it down, they're not even interested, and all those questions. Um, there's another piece of news within that same article that we'll talk about in a little bit. Yeah. But the uh, the Kyrie Irving portion is interesting. One of the thoughts is it's still a an open ended question whether or not he'll play or not. I'm under mm-hmm. a puppy attack here, just off camera. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, there is an open ended question whether or not he'll play. Uh, this season because he, as we know, is still unvaccinated. Uh, Unvaccinated players can't play in New York. Mm -hmm. That doesn't seem to be changing anytime soon. And he is the Nets uh, will not let him be a part-time player. So uh, here we are is, could a team trade for Kyrie Irving? Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, the other complicating factors is he's got a player option for next year that's likely to be declined yeah. and become a free agent. And what does that look like uh, with that? Um, you know, what, what does it look like matching salary and those kind of things? Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting situation to monitor. So let's let's talk about that. The Nets are taking calls on Kyrie Irving. They're they're willing to listen in terms of moving him. But there's a lot of factors here in order to get a deal done. So, Keith, you and I talked about each of us coming up with a potential trade for Kyrie Irving. And you instantly run into a number of factors that make a Kyrie Irving trade extremely difficult. I mean, first and foremost, just the logistics, getting there in terms of um, salary, uh, that's, yep. that's not easy. Then you've got to talk about, okay, which teams actually need what Kyrie Irving brings, what, what teams need a point guard. So that's going to eliminate some teams. So you eliminate some possibilities just because of the logistics of ex- executing a trade. You eliminate yep. some more teams in terms of what do they actually need on the basketball court? Is this something that they want right now? You can eliminate some other teams where they either feel like they're already good enough to where they are a contender, or they know they're not trying to be a contender. Realistically, you're probably looking at teams that are more middle of the pack that are looking to make a jump up. So you eliminate some more possibilities there. And then finally, there's the reality, and it's hard to really know for sure how teams feel. There's going to be some teams who will just say no, period, because it's Kyrie. Like, like for example, I can't imagine. Sorry, oh, hello. <laughs> my buddy here, uh, my buddy Tatum, he wanted to say hello. He was very much trying to get up uh, uh, here into the frame. Of so course, here, here his he color is, is green. Tatum. Getting big. <laughs> I yes, Tatum. yes, his color is green. He has a Celtics collar. <laughs> <laughs> All hey, right, boy, you gotta go. Speaking of your Celtics, um, I would have to imagine they would be on the, the list of teams that would just be an absolute no in terms of Kyrie Irving, oh. even if they had the the need, even if they had the financial flexibility to do it, just based on personality and not wanting to go. Let's face it, there are some headaches that come with Kyrie Irving being on your team. There's some teams yep. that will just say, We don't want to do that. 
Correct. So when you once you add in all those factors, you're not left with that many teams that could actually make a deal here. No, absolutely. That that's the the challenge. You you kind of hit on all of them. Is uh, we've talked about this with the John Wall situation. It's not all that different, other than Kyrie has shown more recently that he's a far more productive player. Mm-hmm. Of course, um, we're not going to try to pretend that he hasn't. the The salary concerns are fairly similar. The uh, finding a team that needs a point guard fairly similar uh, within that. Uh, and then, as you mentioned. Uh, the, the the bigger <laughs> sorry it's a circus here today at the, <laughs> the Smith House so uh, we're uh, got all sorts of uh, nonsense happening all right they're clearing out so um, all right so as you said it's putting all those things together makes it difficult mm-hmm. but we we endeavored yes uh, with our challenge to find uh, a couple teams so you want to go first or do you want me to go first I'll go first because I'm sure your trade is probably better than mine and I also had to I also had to factor in. <laughs> He's a he could be a free agent in a few months, yes. right? So it's possible that he's just a rental here, right? Like yeah, that's how much are you willing to give up for a guy who could just bounce? Exactly, yep. exactly. So here's where I'm at, and I don't know based on what they just did last night, the Miami Heat. I don't know that they would do this, and the Cavs, that's the team I'm going with, may just say we've done the Kyrie thing. We don't want to do the Kyrie thing again, right? That's but sure. we're limited in terms of options of which teams would actually have incentive here to make a trade we know they lost colin sexton so there's some need there the Cavs have been better than expected this season they have not been good in a little while might they have a little bit of extra motivation to say you know what let's do something to kind of put us over the top here and Kyrie being a pending free agent potentially could actually be a positive for them because they can talk themselves into well hey you know if this works great we get in the playoffs and then we can go from there and maybe Kyrie can be a big playoff performer for us but if it doesn't, then we can rid ourselves of him shortly. So with that in mind, I wouldn't want to find the Cavs. I wouldn't want to give up any major long-term pieces. That means Darius Garland, you're not going anywhere. Evan Mobley, obviously not going anywhere. The pieces that I've added into this deal, Ricky Rubio, um, who I think has been great for them, but he's a big salary that you just probably have to put in if you're going to try to make a deal like this work. And let's get a little controversial here. Colin Sexton. Putting him in the trade, the incentive for the Nets being that now you're going to have the ability to re-sign him next this offseason, knowing that he's somebody that you could keep around long-term. Obviously, you're not going to see him this season, but if you're the Nets, you're not going to see Kyrie this season either. That's the way that you're approaching this. And if Kyrie is a flight risk, if you think he's going to bolt, you at least want the opportunity to hang on to a promising guard. And in this case, you'd be getting a good one in Colin Sexton, potentially, if uh, if everything goes okay with healing up. Now, Ricky Rubio, of course, is probably not enough help nor enough salary this season to really make the Nets go, okay, yeah, this is something we'll do. So, and this is where I might be going a bit too far, but I'm including... Isaac Okoro oh. into the into the deal as well. Exactly. And that's <laughs> and that's where I think it may fall apart. But like I said, this is a very difficult endeavor. Um, that's a tough chip to part with. But I had to look at it from what would the Nets need in order to actually pull the trigger on something and finally decide, okay, that's it. We're done with, with Kyrie. Um, and so that's what I'm putting in, in this trade. Again, it's pretty far-fetched. And that's why I said I think your deal is going to be more realistic than mine is. But... This is not easy finding a home for Kyrie Irving. Yeah, I think I would try to sell the Nets on Jetty Osman. Yes, and then that was supplement with a pick. 
maybe um you know offer up a maybe like something like a top 10 protected pick or something like that just in case it all goes poorly yeah. uh for the Cavs, just because that gives you a little bit a little bit of lineup balance too because then you got to figure can you play the three bigs which in your scenario here you'd be re- retaining Allen mobley and marketing mm-hmm. and Kyrie and garland that you know, it'd be kind of funny because that's like three seven footers and two you know, small guards yeah, right. uh, together. But yeah, I mean, I I like the idea. I looked at Cleveland for a while too uh, after posing this idea to to you of hey, let's each come up with a trade, mm-hmm. and and I struggled a little bit in in that one. Just the history there too. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure. So where I went, um, I went a different different place, um, but a similarly um, well, a team that made the playoffs, but I think would love to make that next step and push forward. And I went with the Dallas Mavericks because what I was looking for in a Kyrie Irving trade was a team that could maybe keep him beyond this year. Um, a team that is not afraid to spend money mm-hmm. and not afraid to get expensive. Uh, Cause he is going to opt out. I mean, and that's yeah. not a criticism at all. That's just a smart play on his part to maximize his earnings. So what I threw together was Tim Hardaway jr. Mm-hmm. Maxi Kleba in a first round pick going back to Brooklyn. Now the pick would have to be a little bit further down the line because the Mavs have this obligation owed to the Knicks, but you can write that as, as in two years after that pick is uh, conveyed um, and get it out, you know, a couple years sure. uh, on that end there. Plus if you're, if you're Brooklyn, you may not, be upset about getting a pick further down the line because who knows what Dallas will look like mm-hmm. in a few years. Um, and then heading back to Dallas, Kyrie Irving and Paul Millsap, um, just to kind of balance out rosters a little bit there. My my thought process was Joe Harris is now down. You're If you're getting rid of Kyrie Irving, you're not going to have him. You're going to have James Harden on the ball all the time mm-hmm. anyway as your primary facilitator. So why not get another shooter out there in Hardaway? Kleba is a stretch big who gives them something different from all of their other bigs because uh, he can step out and shoot. He's also a pretty good shot blocker, something they don't necessarily have right now. And then the pick is just kind of that in there to make up for the difference in talent. Millsap hasn't exactly worked out great, so you move on from him. Uh, and then Irving to, to Dallas. And I think if you're the Mavs, the idea of a Kyrie, Luca, Porzingis trio supplemented by, you know, serviceable bigs, Cauley Stein, Powell, uh, Boban, Moses Brown. And then um, you've got enough shooting on the wing and in, mm-hmm. in Reggie Bullock. Uh, I think Kyrie's kind of the ideal guy because he's played for years alongside uh, high usage players. So um, for, for, you know, with whether it be LeBron or Kevin Durant and now Ke- Kevin Durant, and James Harden. So I think that ke- he could, thrive next to Luca playing that kind of role. So that, that was the one, one that kind of jumped out as me at me rather, just because I think then the Mavs are a team I could see maybe saying, let's do it. Let's, let's kind of go all in and go. Um, the one I really liked was Toronto. Yes. Maybe, that was another to one I looked at. Something with, with Siakam or something like that. Yeah, that, yeah. And that's where it was going with something built around Siakam. Your challenge if you're the Raptors though, is, Canada has this vaccine mandate coming in the middle of January. Yeah. So that kind of ruins the whole thing right there. So try to stay clear of any of that kind of stuff. So, but I think the bigger point in all of this, and please let us know in the comments if, you know, what trade you like, uh, we should have been clear with a disclaimer. We took Ben Simmons for Kyrie. Oh, yes. is basically a straight up swap off the table. Uh, just, it is too easy. 
Right? Yeah. It's, I think that's, that's almost too easy and too quick to get to. So um, we took that off the table. But let us know your favorite Kyrie Irving trades. Let us know if you like either one we came up with. Let us know if you hate either one we came up with. Uh, but the real point of this was it's not easy. Like, oh, this no. is this is hard to to find a landing spot. And Keith, I, and like if if I had a vote, I would vote for your for your trade because I have <laughs> I have the Mavs is making more sense as a landing spot. I wanted to try to do something with Cleveland, and frankly, when you're adding in like a Ricky Rubio, the Nets don't really need that. He just has to be in it for the salary purposes because you mentioned they've got Harden, they've got Patty Mills, Kevin Durant can handle the ball. Um, so I do like what they're getting in the Mavs trade a bit better, but at the same time. If you look at either of these trades, as an if you were a Nets fan, would you be particularly excited no. about any of these pieces coming well, in? I mean, in in general, no, because right. you're you're getting worse but, players, but you're getting something. Carry, whereas right now you have nothing. Something. Yeah, it's almost akin to the Simmons situation mm-hmm. where you're getting something that replaces literally the nothing you're getting yeah. right now. So that that has to become your thought process on this. Let's get into the other part of this yes. story from Ethan Begley. Uh, he put out there that James Harden, believed to be one of the 30 players on Philadelphia's magical list of guys that will accept for Ben Simmons. All right, I think we all know that, right? They already tried to trade Simmons for him. Um, but he also kind of led in a little bit that there's some nervousness in the Nets organization about retaining James Harden. They they he, he didn't go as far as saying they're going to trade him to right. because they're that worried or anything, but just that he didn't sign the extension. Now, that was never going to happen, uh, much like um, with Kyrie Irving is going to opt out. Harden's going to opt out this year, make more money, plus lock in a longer deal. Um, that was always going to be the way that was probably going to go. Um, it just wasn't going to be a thing he was going to do extension-wise. But... What we are going to, but now what you do wonder is what if they don't win the championship? What if things don't go the way they're hoping? What if this Kyrie Irving thing falls apart? Is James Harden going to look at it and say, all right, you know, I, this was cool, but do I want to be somewhere else? And that's, that's where it gets kind of interesting uh, there in that whole kind of thought process. And, mm-hmm. and why what Begley wrote about was Philly is expected to be a suitor for Harden. Of course, right? I think we all kind of know no that. that that's that's uh, not 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 unexpected, um, at all there. So yeah, I just thought that was kind of interesting. Um, that that was the the like add in, uh, to this. He also mentioned the number of minutes that Kevin Durant is playing. I believe yeah. he's seventh in the NBA in minutes per game. Uh, yeah, right it's like seventh, eighth, ninth, something yeah. like that. But it's a lot more than it than they want it to be. Yeah, so that's that's a factor here. And Steve Nash basically said, "Do you want to cut down Kevin Durant's minutes? Because that means we're going to lose more games." You know, what, do you, what yep. do you want me to do? We're missing Kyrie. We're missing Joe Harris now. If I cut his minutes, then we lose. So, which, I mean, it was a little bit interesting because Nash didn't really pull any punches in terms of, well, we're, you know, confident in the rest of our roster or anything like that. He pretty much just said, Kevin Durant is amazing. And if I pull him off the floor, we're going to lose. <laughs> um, so, Well, and for, to Kevin Durant's side of that too, uh, this is the quote. I'll read it verbatim. I'm a basketball player. Yeah. I enjoy to play. I want to play for 48 minutes. That's just what it is. I like to play. If I can convince coach to play me the whole second half sometimes and put me in earlier in quarters, I'm going to do it. It don't matter. My basketball life is not that long, so I'm going to get the most out of it. So it, it, it's really, it, this is just a, like, it's a, it's an asset play here. You do not want to get to the postseason and have Durant hurt or banged up by any means. No. You, you, you want to be kind of, kind of cautious as you, uh, you know, move, move into, um, move, move into, uh, you know, 
how, how you approach this. And it's not like he's playing 40 minutes a night. He's playing 35.8 minutes per night. So that's, I mean, that's a little bit high, maybe a little bit higher than we thought. We thought the Nets would have a lot of blowout wins where they could just kind of uh, rest yep. their stars in the fourth quarter. They haven't had that opportunity yet. So it's not like he's playing an unreasonable amount of minutes. And then the other piece to this that's not really mentioned is James Harden might be 12th on the list, but he's 35.5. You're talking about 0.3 yeah. minutes less. Like it's not like Durant is playing all these minutes and James Harden is kicking back, relaxing, playing 20 minutes a night. Now they're both logging a lot of minutes right now. Is that ideal? Maybe not, but you know, I mean, some players that they'll say, Hey, we'd rather be on the floor and in rhythm and, and all of that rather than off the floor. Yeah. yeah and it's so funny to just think about it. And everybody who knows me, I know, you know, this, I am not a, uh, well, back in the day, guys were tougher. And <laughs> right. all that That's all stupidity. Walked uh, uphill both part. ways to school but, through snow. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Uh, now, I will say I did get an email today that said, now that you're getting into the latter years of your career, here's how you can fight ageism in the workplace before you retire. So that was uh, uh, that, that was pleasant wow. to receive. Yeah, yeah, that was a uh, yeah. I'm I'm not quite there. I mean, did you have the urge to go yell at clouds or something like that? Tell somebody I mean, to get off your lawn. I've, I've been doing that since I turned 20. But <laughs> anyway, it's um yeah, it's 35 minutes is not. I mean, guys used to regularly average well over 40 minutes per game. Yep. You know, I remember I Allen Iverson. It was like you know 40 you know, up in the high forties, uh, for him for several years running. And this was a guy who was, you know, six feet tall, 150 pounds and get drilled into the ground every time he drove to the basket. So I, you know, I, I worry a little bit about, you know, where we're at with, uh, getting too worked up on, on minutes played uh, at times. I think Kevin Durant's going to be fine. Speaking of minutes played and injuries and all that sort of stuff. Oh boy, we got walloped by some injuries yesterday. And let's start with Bam Adebayo. Oh, yeah, come huge. on. Thumb injury. This is a brutal blow for the Miami Heat. Um, he's going to be out for, for quite a while here. And that's, like the Miami Heat have been tremendous, but he's really critical to a lot of what they do. There's no real replacing him. They're just going to have to try to, uh, Eric Spolster's going to have to try to adjust his scheme a bit and make things work as much as he can. But uh, reality is Miami takes a step back here without Bam. Yeah, Miami's also Jimmy Butler's banged up. Yes. Playing without him. Uh, Duncan Robinson apparently lost his talent to the Monstars and can't shoot anymore. I mean, he last night 0 for 7 from 3. A lot of games like that in his uh, ledger this year where he just has not uh, shot it well. Uh, Dwayne Dedman stepped in, started, played 30 minutes per game. The back of minutes largely went to P.J. Tucker. Uh, behind him um, or some extreme small ball lineups uh, for, for Miami as well with Casey Akpala logging a few minutes at the five here and there. But it, it's tough. This was one of my worries about the Heat uh, this year for the regular season was, is their depth good enough to sustain all the way through? Because I think playoff-wise – they're let's call it seven, eight guys. You're fine. You're, mm-hmm. you're good. You, you were going to be good. My concern now is now guys are out. Other guys are banged up. They're going to have to push because you don't want to slip too far because you don't want to be in the Lakers position of last year where then you're going to go through the play in and then right. your playoff path is very hard and all that stuff. And that they're they're uh, let's see, they are currently uh, fifth in the East, but they're only, you know, couple games clear of philadelphia who's in 11th but they started the um, season looking like the best team in the mm-hmm. east they started yeah, they yeah, started they well yep. pun intended they started very hot right and now 
they've kind of come back to earth. And part of that is the injuries are starting to take its its toll. Like you you said before the season started, this could be a depth issue for them. Yep. Yeah. So I'm just I'm just worried. How hard can you push without Bam? Because PJ Tucker, we know PJ Tucker can play the five, and that's a really good thing sure. to be able to go to. You don't want to be going to it in December. Yeah. You know, for not, and especially not for thirty plus minutes a game or anything like that. So. Let's see where, where they go from here. They, they're another team, as we've talked about, uh, just roster construction-wise. It's a little hard to get their, find their way out of this if they wanted to make a trade because they're top-heavy in salaries. Uh, they, they don't have a lot of those mid-range salaries that that they would probably trade um, here. But, yeah, and then you know they just got to figure out what's going on with Duncan Robinson and find a way to get him going because this is not uh, – this all of a sudden turns into – a really rough looking stretch for them if they don't have him uh, doing what he can. Yeah. And the contract uh, looks pretty, pretty brutal as well. Uh, My guess is he'll find it. He'll figure it out. The track record is there, but yeah, it's, this is not going to be an easy stretch for Miami by any means. Well, this guy was an absolute sniper and through 22 games of the season. Now last year he shot 41% from three. And a lot of these are height difficulty threes on the move yep. where he really uses his, uses his height at six, seven to kind of shoot over guys. And um, so insanely he, quick release. Yes. So he was absolutely fantastic, but this season 32% from three and I'm rounding up there to get him to 32%, 35% from the field. And he's a guy and, where there's guy players like him have so much of their value tied to their shooting percentage. Yes. Right. There's some guys where if they're shooting 32% from three, it's not ideal. like if Giannis is shooting 32% from three, would you like him shooting better? Yes. Do you care? Not that much. Cause he's going to do yep. so many other things out there. And, and look at six, seven, he's got some size, some switchability and things like that in terms of Duncan Robinson. Uh, but if he's only shooting 32% from three, you're taking away his main source of value as a basketball player and you're turning it into a negative. I would argue his only. Yeah. I mean, what what else does he do? He's not a good defender. He's not good, but he's got the size to switch at least. Yeah, but I mean, but it's, I I go back to you watching the playoffs, teams go at him. Sure. He's the guy you're trying to go at. Now, some of that's because the rest of the Heat's guys are usually really good mm-hmm. uh, defenders in the opening group, so you want to attack uh, where you can. But, yeah, if he's not knocking down shots, it starts to become, well, what do we have you out there for? Now, it would be next year at some point before teams would stop guarding him. Yeah. Like he's Duncan Robinson, right? Those reputations last forever. It's I always think about it as like home run hitters in baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, even, you know, even after the power is gone, they still get pitched to because, you know, people remember like, yeah, this guy's still, you know, he hit 40 home runs a year ago. Uh, so, yeah, so that's just something to, to keep an eye on. But, yeah, it's going to be rough for Miami here over the next little bit. Absolutely. Uh, another injury to discuss here, Damian Lillard. Uh, a more minor injury. Sounds like he's going to be out, what, about 10 days or so. Yeah. Um, and it was an, an abdominal strain. And so with him dealing with that, I mean, Portland, like they also lost a Nessir Little we could be looking at getting closer to a decision point here. Like Portland's got to decide what they're going to do here at some point, because it doesn't feel like they've had the start that they really needed to this season in order to kind of settle everybody down in terms of, do they need to blow this whole thing up? And then of course we know the issues that they've got in the front office right now as well. Yeah. I mean, they're 11 and 11 on the year, uh, puts them right with the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Lakers, the, mm-hmm. the Grizzlies, the Mavericks, the uh, surprising Timberwolves. It's the, the, the good news is if you're going to be missing guys or you're missing them when 
who's coming up to catch you from behind. Mm-hmm. Probably not anybody uh, from the from that group behind. Um, you know, if Dame's out, we've seen what CJ McCollum can do. Uh, he, you know, it tends to play pretty well uh, when they put the ball in his hands. Uh, they have now the most extreme home road splits in oh, the I NBA. I was just looking at ten that. And, yeah, ten and one at home, one and ten on the road. Um, that is a uh, you know really kind of insane. Unreal. When you look at that. Um, but yeah, it is. Um, that they're they would have to really fall apart over the next week and a half without Dame to even be in danger of teams mm-hmm. catching them from behind. But yeah, it's I'm with you more on the bigger picture is, or where are we going with this? Yep. But th- that's what year five of having that conversation True. with the Trailblazers. Like I don't I don't know um you know where where we're gonna go. Uh, and then the last injury to get to Michael Porter Jr. for the Denver Nuggets. Does have surgery. Nuggets currently sitting in 10th, so just barely in the plane if it were to start today. Now, the West, like you mentioned, is pretty compact there in the middle, though. So, you know, a a couple of, you know, they are one game out of being in fifth place as well in the Western Conference. So it's not like they are from home court advantage. I mean, that's also, it's the beginning of December. Yes. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's not like they're completely out of things here, but Michael Porter Jr. does have surgery. Probably it sounds like he's done for the season. Um, you know, injuries are not fun. Injuries are not fun, yeah. and they have decimated this Denver team. And we'll see what happens from here. Nikola Jokic is absolutely tremendous, but like, I know this isn't Michael Porter Jr. here, but does Jokic get back-to-back MVP consideration if the Nuggets are sitting in ninth or tenth place at the end of the season? Uh, pr- probably not. I think enough people will hold that against yeah. him to say. Like, hey, you needed to lift your team a little bit higher out. But if they get up, let's say they can play themselves up around home court advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, then I think think it'll be be right there again. Last night's game, they played here in Orlando. So I watched a good chunk of that game. They It was a pretty good example of you know where things can go wrong for this team. They built a 16-point lead. Uh, they were basically Jokic was just finding cutters left and right, and they were slicing the magic up. And then once the magic kind of said, "Are we going to lock?" Magic have a you know hand. perimeter and once they did that it really kind of locked down it turned into a lot of uh will barton monte morris aaron gordon trying to create for themselves Mm -hmm. and that's how the magic came back and the magic really you know kind of pushed in orlando's depth um oddly enough kind of helped them swing that game a little bit because they had a lot more guys off the bench that they felt comfortable going to than the uh, Nuggets did, which is, you know, that's a sentence I never thought I would say at the beginning of the season that the Magic step uh, was was a big reason why they, they beat Denver mm-hmm. in a game. Yeah, and uh, welcome back, Cole Anthony, 24-8-7 and seven yes. on my bench on my fantasy roster. But yes, oh, um, had, a, had a tremendous return. So the Magic pick up the win. I mean, that's... And losing to Orlando is not going to be making Denver feel any better about where no. they're at currently. Um, we'll see where things go from here. Again, I think they're going to be a team to watch in the next few weeks to see what happens because that could influence some decision-making as we get closer and closer to the deadline. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. All right. Well, I think that's about it for today. we got some interesting Kyrie Irving news. Talked a little bit about Kevin Durant, James Harden minutes, uh, their their contractual situations, and then Unfortunately, more injuries that we got to dive into. Turn off injuries, please, NBA. Tired of this. Every day it feels like there's more and more good players 
getting hurt. So hopefully we can have a a uh, injury free next week or so. That would be that would be wonderful. Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? It's uh, you know that, that that would be really really good. All right, everybody, make sure you do subscribe right here to the NBA Front Office Show. Make sure you turn on those notifications as well. And if you're listening to the podcast version of this, follow us over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Until next time, everybody, see ya and stay safe.